0: People. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, worship team. One, two. Well, wasn't that amazing? My goodness me. This is what we live for. This is what life, this is what makes life. And you know, can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven one day? Oh, glory. Can you, can you, can you imagine in your mind all the saints around the throne singing, holy, holy? And if you thought you've heard the sound of rushing waters and the thunder of the highest waterfall that you've seen, it's gonna be nothing in comparison to that day. Wow. It's gonna be amazing, amazing, amazing. So Kanlak kind of like sent out on the on the notice board. We've gone two weeks now talking about one another, and we spoke about love one another, and we spoke about greet one another and we spoke about serve one another. So who's got a testimony? Of how that you've been able to apply that, or you've been on the receiving end of that. Pause
1: for effect. All right, so I just had the amazing opportunity to be an example and just witness Jesus to my colleagues at work and to my boss. Um, And the other day, we had like a year function, and it was just incredible just to, to hear my boss at the end say, like, thank you, Jesus, for sending this man to be an example to us and continuously, like, pushing the guys to come and join me at church and join me at calm. And so, like, what a miracle that... The Lord is using me in the workplace, and they can see God's hand, even in me being placed there. Um, And just being able to have good conversations with my colleagues about Jesus and church and the reality of actually what we believe, um, and just demystify this whole church thing for them. Um, It's just been an incredible example, and just, yeah, really, uh, very grateful for it. Well done. We're proud of you. There's another one in line. Well done, James.
2: Hi, everyone. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> um, so, uh, a lot of you know, um, we uh, I'm Tammy's husband, uh, and uh, we've got Holly, who, um, she has some, some troubles. So, a couple of weeks ago, um, Tammy and I were going to go get a, a piece of medical equipment for her that uh, will, will help her. We were very fortunate that um, we had an anonymous donation to, to help us get the... A piece of equipment So Tammy and I were both on a very, very high, and uh, the the day hadn't quite worked out how it was. And uh, Tammy went through to fetch the equipment, and I had to go fetch Jason. And uh, we landed up both being behind each other in the traffic, and we were both quite happy to see each other. And um, we got a set of robots, and Tammy uh, went green. Tammy turned left. Jason and I were behind, and, and literally before our eyes, we saw a car go straight through a red robot, And uh, fortunately, um, the car swerved off, and and Tammy didn't even realize it. She was just like, oh, where's Nick? And then saw this other car behind us. But it was clear that there was something helping us there. And um, yeah, it it sort of made our day. I was very upset, but uh, (laughs) the poor woman didn't know what hit her because uh, I was behind her um, giving everything. But ultimately, uh, Tammy was, was good. And um, we got the machine for Holly, and, yeah, we're in a good place now. So
3: thank you. Amen.
0: Thank Amen.
3: Sure. Um, lots of you folk uh, prayed for Glenda when she was battling with cancer. And whenever there was an opportunity, um, when folks were asked to stand if they wanted to pray, I, because Glenda hadn't been at church for a long time because she was too ill, I would stand proxy for her. And yet God in his sovereignty chose not to heal her. Some of you also know that I came off my mountain bike in April, and I got a very bad whiplash injury. And um, that really wasn't my priority. I hadn't had a pain-free day from then until Glenda passed away at the end of September, um, despite lots of painkillers. And Brett popped around as soon as he knew that Glenda had gone to be with the Lord. And my dear friend, James Thornhill Fisher, Uh, James and Cindy, of course, are running that 412 church in uh, Cork in Ireland, and they weren't expecting to be at 412 conference, but someone made it possible for them. And two hours after Glenn had passed away, James was on my doorstep, and they were praying for me and for the time that lay lay ahead, but... Both of them knew also that I'd really been battling with my neck. And it wasn't the first time a number of people had actually prayed for me. And the two of them just came and put their hand on me and prayed. Um, About two weeks went past, two and a half, three weeks. And I still wasn't able to get through a day without painkillers. But it was getting a bit better and I wanted to see how much better. So at the beginning of November, when I had to take my car down to Goodwood for a service, took my bike and I cycled the six kilometers back to Edgemead. I was so sore after that that two lots of strong painkillers didn't kill it that day. And um, I haven't been here the last two weeks because I was staying um, with friends on a farm in the Northern Cape. Lovely Christian folk. I went to my GP on the Thursday before. I flew to Kimberley and I said... Please, can you just prescribe something so that I can at least enjoy my time up on the farm? And he prescribed some tablets, which I, I'd never seen or heard of before. Took the first one on the Friday morning before I left to fly to Kimberley. That evening, I had just a dull ache in my neck. Saturday morning, I work with no pain whatsoever. And I was supposed to take one of these a day for 10 days. Sunday, no pain. Monday, no pain. Tuesday, no pain. Wednesday, no pain. And I thought, well, I'm going to stop now and see what happens. Thursday, no pain. Friday, no pain. Saturday, no pain. Sunday, no pain. On the Wednesday, after I got back, I was getting a second opinion from another neurosurgeon. That in itself was crazy because I wasn't sure about going to another neurosurgeon. And on the first day, a seat was kept for me at 412 because I was going to be there late. Sat down and saw this lady next to me put on a neck brace at tea time. I said, did you hurt your neck? She said, no, I had surgery. I said, oh, where? Vincent Pilotti. Who? Dr. David Welsh is the neurosurgeon that I was recommended to go and see. And of all the 3,400 people there, who should I sit next to but someone that had surgery from him um, six weeks earlier? And I was able to ask about his manner and so on, Anyway, went to see him on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Um, he looked at the MRI scan, which had been taken, which the other uh, neurosurgeon I'd been to before had also seen. Um, then he asked me to go down for some X-rays, and the bottom line is that my the MRI actually is not showing the same swelling of nerves that it had been before. Um, He was able to tell me that the lower part of my neck, I had a fusion of two vertebrae many years ago. is not moving much, but the rest is good. Um, There's nothing that needs surgery. And so I said to Richard Hay, who's in the morning congregation, I said, Richard, let's go for a ride on the trails on Friday. I haven't been on the trails since April. And we rode 10 kilometers up at Blümendal. And I got back to the car No pain. Got back home, and I said to Richard, You want some lunch? So I made lunch for us. No pain. And I still, the pain hasn't returned. Thank you, Lord. So, for those of you who prayed for me, thank you.
4: Can I sit, or do I have to stand? I want to sit. <laughs> um, so um, the other day, we went to a, a, like a, a restaurant or a coffee shop, um, and there was our, our waitress. She walked in, and as she walked in, um, my mind was yo, My mind was everywhere, and, and suddenly the Lord spoke to me. I was very unsure if it was the Lord or not, and He told me that um, something has happened in her family, um, and I'm like trying to build up the courage to talk to this lady. Um, it was like a kind of like a formal restaurant. So you kind of like don't want to make it too like I don't know awkward. And then um, the whole time, like we we finished our drinks, we we have already eaten and everything. And I'm like I can't shake this feeling. And I'm like you know what? What can you lose? And I ask her, um, what um, has something happened in your family? Um, was there a fight? I only I only felt like there's something happened in her family. And she looked at me, and she said, "Her husband passed away six months prior to that day." Um, and then um, I asked if, if I can pray for her. And then we we went, uh, yeah, we went around the corner because she she said, "You're not allowed to pray in front of everyone." So it was very formal. And we went around the corner, um, and I started praying for her. And as I as I like, there was no response from her side. Like it was just like like very neutral and. Um, I kept on praying, and the spirit so i can 't explain it it was like um when I prayed for something, something came over both of us, um and it was almost like we not in a different realm, but I almost want to say we were um and she just started shaking, and she wept she couldn 't stop crying um and i like it was such a miraculous experience, and I don't know this lady, and I just held her. She just cried in my arms. I'm like, okay, this is this is what's happening, and then afterwards, she couldn't she couldn't stop saying thank you. So yeah, it was just um, <laughs> it was just very cool. And then afterwards, she um, you could see when she walked out, um, and and something that I felt for her was that she's isolating herself and she's trying to mourn by herself and she doesn't want to cry. Um, and I told her that, and she said, I haven't contacted my mom, I haven't spoken to my family that much, so yeah, she, yeah. Very
0: good, very good. <laughs> Can I say this, Do you know, that, that, that just allowing the Spirit of God to work through you is actually very simple. If you get a thought, do something with it. That's all it is. Uh, this week, I kind of like got a person's name in my head, and I was thinking, What must I do with it? I don't know. So I sent a WhatsApp. Hey, just thinking about you, just want you to know that I think you're just amazing, that God loves you, and that you're valuable. And the response back was like, wow, thank you. I so appreciate that. That's how easy it is to to be someone in the hands of the Lord, doing something to somebody and helping them along. So uh, what you need to understand is walking with God is actually simple. It's our head that gets in the way. That's all it is, because I'm sure you kind like, of is this me, is this da 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 whatever and you fight those thoughts. Instead of, Afrikaans, they've got a saying. How many of you can understand Afrikaans? 90%? Okay, if not, if you can't understand Afrikaans, just ask the person next to you. Slan your norm at a plank. Okay? That's the, that's the easiest, I think that's the best counsel you will get as a Christian. Just mess your name up if it needs to be, and just step out there and do something. That's it. So I want to carry on. I'm doing the last one today. There, there's 26 one another's in the Bible. I'm going to put a list up on the notice board WhatsApp group. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. It gives you scripture, whatever. Um, and I'm asking you, will you carry on with us? Will you read them and ask them, God, how can I live this? How can I live this? Because it's, God doesn't want us to have head information. He wants us to be moved in the heart. Okay, so that's what he wants to do. And so we're going to talk about encouraging one another. And it's kind of like that's what's been happening through these testimonies is how hearts have been encouraged. So is there anybody who doesn't need encouragement? What happened to you? Why do you need encouragement? The reality is the reason why the Bible talks about be encouraged one another is because everybody needs encouragement somewhere along the line. Don't, don't be fooled by the what you see. People put on a face. They, they don't want to show their weak moment. They don't want to have a weak moment with you. So they always going, oh, everything is fine. But meanwhile, back at Batman's cave, <laughs> things are not okay. And so every single person needs to be encouraged somewhere and somehow. And that's the reason why the Bible speaks about it. So I said to you before, is that, the reason why the Bible speaks about fear is because fear is a reality. and Yet God gives us the answer to that. So Jesus never asked you and me to do anything or be anything that he's never done or been. You agree with that? He's never asked you and I to do something he's not been the example of to that. And so that's why he's been the most encouraging person. If you get into his presence, if you're just... That's why worship becomes the, one of the most amazing tools that we have. Because worship brings us into his presence. And as soon as we're there, the first thing that's going to happen is your heart's going to be encouraged. So that's why it's important for you and I to be worshipers. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 16, it says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father... Who loves us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. By His what? His love and His grace has given us eternal encouragement and grace. In other words, there's no end to it. Isn't that nice to know? The resources of heaven never run out. So, and it says there, verse 17... Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and work. So the interesting thing here, that encouragement and hope are almost used together here. Because encouragement is going to produce hope in you. Think about it for a moment. So encouragement energizes us. So encourage means in which means to be put in or or almost like info into. And courage talks about being brave, daring, being a person of valor or being heroic. So in other words, when you are becoming, becoming an instrument to encourage people, you are putting something into somebody so that they can stand up and be that brave, daring, heroic person that they need to be. Think about it when somebody encouraged you. What did it do to you? It almost felt like you were a million bucks all of a sudden. You could take on anything. Right? Or am I just the crazy person? That's it. That's what it does. And so input that will cause someone to be that brave, daring person. 2 Thessalonians 2.16. Now, I've read this, but I'm reading it again. It says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, Verse 17, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. What is he saying? It's going to take words and deeds to encourage. It's going to take talking, inspiring through what the word of God says, and deeds doing something to help someone. You think about it, Dennis. The reason why he got there is because somebody prayed for him. Somebody's prayed for him and kept on praying. And when there was no answers, just kept on, kept on praying and kept on praying and kept on praying. You see, we just keep on doing. So to encourage someone is going to take word, deed, and time. Word, deed, and time. You cannot. Again, an Afrikaans statement, you can't force something uh, of fruit to become ripe. It doesn't sound so good in English. I'm throwing all my best Afrikaans out here, by the way. My surname is Palmer, so don't come and kind of like saturate me with Afrikaans. (laughs) So I'm married. Shirley's uh, maiden name is Boeta. So that's how I landed up being a good South African, as I'm married to Boeta. So... um, Maybe I should change my surname to Buiter. Then we um, we're almost there. <laughs> so it's going to take words, it's going to deed, and it's going to take time. In one Thessalonians four eighteen, therefore encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. Which words is he speaking about? Well, then you have to rewind up to verse fifteen in one Corinthians four, and it says that one Thessalonians not one Corinthians. 1 Thessalonians 4.15. According to the Lord's words, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. With the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who still are alive and are left will be caught up to meet, uh, up together with the, them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Encourage one another with these words. What is this saying to us? Everything has an end. There's an end coming. Let me tell you what the problem is. For 2,000 years, we said, because Jesus said, I'm coming. So for 2,000 years, we said, Jesus is coming. Jesus. Now, when you've heard it for 2,000 years, yeah, 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 yeah. But the problem is, the reason that Basil believes in his heart, why it's taken so long, is because the love and the grace and the mercy of God has delayed the coming of Jesus, because not everybody has heard the gospel yet. But we who are walking with him must not become despondent in that moment. So we need to keep ourselves all fired up. So 1 Thessalonians is talking about the end. And I want to tell you, I have a lovely brain. I, I, I read in picture form. And I'm, I'm imagining that whole thing. About, you know, we were watching a, a, a YouTube thing the other day of tornadoes and how, I mean... The, how the stuff comes and it's just wild and stuff flying all over the place and there's lightning and I think the coming of Jesus could be something like that. There's going to be lightning, do a noise and everything's going to be like happening all over the place. It's going to be spectacular, dramatic, shocking, mind blowing, awesome, crazy, great. Come on, Lord Jesus, come. Conway, I love fireworks. I love. Life. <laughs> so encouragement is getting to see something I, um, and I can look forward to it. That's why the Bible says we lift up our eyes to the hills where our help comes from. We've got to keep on looking beyond the, the, the frustrations in the mountains that we are facing right now. That's what encouragement does. Encouragement gets me to lift my eyes above that and see the answer. that's still coming. It's on its way. It's on its way. God has not forsaken us. He's not forgotten about us. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as, in fact, you are doing. Make this a lifestyle. Every single day, can we just pick up the phone or send a WhatsApp or something? If it's just one, just start with one. I don't believe that's impossible. But just start with one. Lord, who have you got in my heart today? Just that I can inspire or if I read something from the Lord, from the word this morning, Lord, who can I send it to? That's become a revelation to me that maybe will inspire somebody else's heart, just like it's inspired mine. So, it says, Encourage them how you're doing. So, what were they doing? Let's go back to verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you, you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will no longer escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light, the children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are sleeping and let us be awake and sober for those who sleep. Sleep at night, and those who drink get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. He's talking about lasting this race till the end. And he says, Will you keep on encouraging each other just as you are doing? Someone ask you, Are you and I encouraging each other to keep on running? You will notice in life, it's easy to start a race. It's a whole other story to finish it. We start with enthusiasm. I ran the comrades, by the way. I want to tell you the best thing is about the starting point. There is thousands of people, and man, there is joking going on, but you're very nervous. Your heart rate goes like a rev counter on a car. And the first couple of kilometers are like amazing. Yeah? We're talking. After 50 kilometers, I'm telling you, you don't have much breath to talk anymore. At seventy-five kilometers, I to tell you, your body is so sore that you don't just want to. What am I? What was I thinking? What did I eat before I made this decision to do this thing? Eh, rude, I'm telling you, I made sure that when I ran it, I left nothing there, so I didn't have to run it again to go and find it. It was like yo, 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 yo. But it's encouraging us. To keep running this race of salvation. Listen, the people that are going to get to heaven, not people that are going to church. Listen to me carefully now. Don't take half what I'm saying. They're not the people that are going to be good. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people do. People that have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Not just Savior. You see, some of us, we're wanting an anti-hell thing. No. We don't want to go to hell because God never created hell for us. But we need to live for him. He needs to become the Lord of my life. What does that mean? That means that he takes control. That when I live, I live for him. And when he says don't do that, I don't do that. And if I'm struggling to stop it, I go and get help to stop. And that's going to happen for the rest of your life. We had a conversation Friday. Friday around the table and um, I, I laughed at Joel concerning something that he said and, and it created a reaction. And at the end of it, I just said, you know what? I am really sorry. But I really meant what I said. So Saturday morning, I got hold of him again. I said, you know what? I said to, I sorry to you last night and I want you to know that I really mean it. I don't want to do that. So what we need to understand is there are certain things in our life you're going to trip up every now and then, but get yourself up again. Get yourself up. Keep walking with the Lord. And if you're struggling, that's why the Bible call talks about brothers and sisters. We're here for each other. We should be here for each other. Otherwise, what are we doing? Are we still here? So we need to obey him and allow him to change us. We need to allow him, so that we allow, allow him to work in us so that we can become the reflection of who he is. We need to become the people who tell others about him. Are we, are, we, are we scared to talk about Jesus? So blessed about James in his working environment, standing up for Jesus. Well done. But what about us? Where we are? Are we, are we that voice? I'm not talking about being a religious nut. Please listen to me. Some people can, put, can, can behave so crazy you push people away from Jesus. Don't do that. Don't be that kind of person. Be a person that walks with God and has wisdom on how to approach people. So when people make crazy statements or whatever, your prayer is Jesus. How can I get into that person's boat? First, before I open my mouth and talk about Jesus, they don't even know who I am yet. They haven't seen any fruit in my life yet. So we need to be those people that will do that. And then... We see in Hebrews thirteen verse uh, sorry, Hebrews three thirteen it says, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Can you see how many times the Bible is talking about we involved in each other's life? Encourage each other daily so that we don't become hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The only way that we can stay walking with God is hanging around passionate people that love Jesus too. Because life breeds life. And when we're walking with each other and we know, if I know that you love me, then guess what? I should be open to your loving counsel. Right? You don't seem to be sure. That should be. And then, if you have the platform to speak to somebody, be very careful. Don't, don't break the bridge that you have with somebody. Everybody treat with gentleness. I love Andrew's words. He says, I deal with people thinking that they're my own children. That's good counsel. So when it's, even if it's your friend, be careful on how You deal with people. Be gentle. Demonstrate the heart of Jesus. Don't come over, I'm better than you. You will break something very, very quickly that way. It's easy to become average, it's easy to become lukewarm. We're living in a world. That is taking the fire out of us every single day. That's why it's important for us to read the word. That's why it's important for us to spend time in prayer. That's why it's important. When, when the Bible says, forsake not the gathering together of the brethren. There's a bigger picture that the, that the Lord sees that you and I don't see. Oh, they just want to control me. No, nobody wants to control you. But all God's trying to do is he's trying to create an environment where you and I can thrive. That's it. You know, I love going home. Because at home, I can relax. At home, there's peace. I hope. (laughs) And this should be home. Where there's peace. Where I can be the real me. I can... Let me not go further down. Let me just leave that one alone. And so... You and I need to stir up the fire of God in each each other. That's what encouragement is all about. In Hebrews 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance this race marked out for us. So you and I have got a race to run, but there's a crowd in heaven that has said, Come on, you can do it. So let me tell you, when you're running the comrades, the best crowd. Now, there's the renter crowds all along the road. Old Mutual had them. They got these little clusters of people, and the ladies with the pom-poms. And, and your energy guy level goes up a little bit. But the best crowd was when you ran into the stadium. When you are finished, you are so sore. You cannot describe every muscle, every joint, even, even the little muscle in your brain is sore. There's nothing. Let me also say this to you, that the greatest thing about comrades is that the next day, whether you're Bruce Fordyce or you, you all walk the same. <laughs> can't move. You see a stair, you wonder how you're going to negotiate round the stair, not have to go up the stair. Because you can't. Your legs, I mean, if you, I remember when I got to the, the end and, um, you know, you've been on your... I, I ran it in 11 hours. So the, I ran it the last time, but it was still 11 hours. So I did it in 10 hours, 52 minutes and something seconds. So, I mean, but hey, you, you plan it by that, by the way. It's like you, you're running at a certain time, because if you don't, you're going to die. And um, so you must know now, you've been on your feet for like 12 hours, but you've been there. You've been up since 2 o'clock in the morning, starting to feed yourself, because your system now needs to get food into it. And so from 2 o'clock in the morning, you're starting to have breakfast, and you're eating it, you're starting to put liquids into your body. Why? Because you've got to be drawing on those things a lot. And so you've been awake for a while, and you've been on your feet for a long time. So when I got to the end, I went and sat down, and you know how nice that felt? The problem is, I couldn't stand up again. Because if you bent your leg, it just crammed, and then there's nobody around to help you pull your leg straight or whatever. So then I wanted to get up because they left me. They went to go and look for the guy that I ran with, and he hit the wall about 10 kilometers out. So they went looking for him. So now I'm stuck on the ground. I can't do anything. So <laughs> I lie on my tummy. I go under my tummy. I dig my toes into the grass and my hand with my bum straight, and my leg straight. I go, I go up like a, I don't know what you look like. Mm. Just Why am I telling you these things? It's got nothing about encouraging anything. Oh, yeah, the crowd in the, in the stadium. I, go, I, I think back, if you've, if you've played sport. Um, I remember rugby days at the end of the game. Uh, go towards the end, you're tired, you've given everything. And the crowd seemed to somehow, when they're shouting for you, it seems to give you energy to be able to keep on. And I want to tell you there's a crowd in heaven that's cheering you and I on, you can do this thing. You can do it. You can make it. That mountain's not that big. Don't give up. You're you're almost at the the finish line. Your breakthrough is about to come. Don't give up. So encouragement plays a massive role. Something I was thinking about John chapter 21, when Peter denies Jesus. And um, I can imagine. Can you imagine? Put yourself into Peter's shoes. What did he feel like? I don't think there's even words that can explain how broken he must have felt, how, how he felt he had disappointed Jesus. And then he goes and he says, I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to my old way of life. But yet we have an amazing Jesus where Jesus goes back and finds him at the lake. He calls out, caught any fish? And then Peter recognizes his voice. And in a hurry to get back, the boat's going too slow. He just dives out, wa- out of the boat into the water. And Jesus makes breakfast for them. And then Jesus makes these amazing words. He says, Peter, do you love me? Will you look after my sheep? Peter, do you love me? Will you look after the lambs? Peter, do you love me? Will you love my sheep? Will you love Jesus encourages Peter again to get up. He messed up. But to get up and keep going again. I want to ask us, will we be that voice to someone? But we can't be that voice if we're not feeding ourselves that voice. We've got to be feeding ourselves. In Luke chapter 15, there's three things that are dealt with over there. It's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. So the lost sheep, it says it leaves the 99 and goes, looks for the one. Why? Because the one's important. May we be a congregation that will always go after the one. May we not allow the wolves to eat anybody. If we know of somebody, will we go and fetch them? If we know of somebody that doesn't know Jesus, will we spend time praying, calling them in? Will we build the bridge of love to them that eventually it's going to be impossible for them to say, I don't want to serve God. Make it as hard as possible for them to say no. The lost coin does everything necessary that they do. Why? To go and buy that land. Why? Because that thing is so valuable. I want to tell you, Jesus went to the cross because you and I are valuable. He put great value on us. And then the last son. The father looked every single day for his son to come back. Our father is looking out for us every single day. Not that we're away. He's looking out for us. You know that saying? He's looking out for us in the sense of looking after. He's looking after us every single day. Never leaves us nor forsakes us. His eyes are roaming to and fro to show himself strong on our behalf. God before us, who can be against us? Beautiful scriptures to remind ourselves. See, the world is beating up people. I pray we won't be people that would behave like the world and beat people up. But will we love them? Love them into the kingdom. Love draws. Encouragement draws. Have you seen the alcohol adverts? You can't miss them if you're on YouTube and wherever on TV. They always throw them in there. But they're just so amazing adverts. Agree? I don't like alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. But they're amazing adverts. I mean, but what do you think they're selling? Do you think they're selling alcohol? (laughs) What are they selling? They're selling acceptance. They're selling fun. And that's the reason. And so they're connected. And so people think, well, if I drink, I'm going to be accepted. And you know what? It's kind of like true. I've not been a person that goes to the pub, but if you talk to some people that have been to the pub and oh, can of be there, they, they just said, you know what, I go there and I can pull my heart out, I can cry, I can do whatever I want and then I can go. It's quite amazing. But I pray that we will be a church that will do better than that. Do better than that. Are you okay? You still there? Wonderful. We're coming to land, by the way. Closing example. Found this on the internet. In China, they grow a bamboo tree, commonly known as the Chinese bamboo tree. I got this from the internet, by the way, so revelation knowledge that. (laughs) When they sow the seed in the ground and water it, nothing happens till the end of the first year. They continue watering it and nurture it, but nothing happens until the end of the second year. It fails to sprout even after the end of the third year. But the person growing it must continue to irrigate, fertilize, and care for it. You'll be surprised to know that nothing happens till the end of the fourth year as well. And then suddenly in the fifth year, something miraculous and incredible happens. Within one month, it grows up to 90 feet, 27 meters. In one month. That's nurture That's its astonishing best. Remember I started off. Encouragement comes with. Words. Deeds. Time. Encouragement comes with words. Deeds. And time. You can't speed processes up. Everybody walks a journey. You don't. Your example and your life, you might resonate with anybody, but your experience is not the same as theirs. So don't try and put somebody else's experience into your box and think that they're going to get through it as quick as you did. It might just take them a little bit longer. So, But you've got to keep on encouraging through your word, through deeds, and through time. Last scripture. Galatians 6, nine, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Hallelujah. If we don't give up, we will reap a harvest. The devil can only hang on for so long. We are stronger, we have more endurance, and we'll outlast him. Why? Because Jesus has already disarmed him. And what we're doing is we're enforcing the rule and reign of Jesus Christ into every situation where we go. That's our responsibility. You're just enforcing his rule and reign. You're declaring it wherever you go. That's why where you live, where you work, where you go, your hobby, whatever, you are in bringing the rule and reign of Christ into that place. Will you shine so that those people cannot stay the same? We're landing. I've spoken about a couple of things. But encouragement, we use words and deeds and our time. Number two, we use the coming of Jesus and the promises in the word to encourage each other with it. Number three, we are called to encourage one another daily. Hang around the right people. Number four, there is a grandstand of people in heaven cheering us on. Don't give up. Number five, Jesus has never thrown anyone away. Don't give up on yourself. Number six. Encouragement might not heal quick results, but it will over time. Remember that. Encourage one another in Jesus' name. Can I pray for us? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we can only live this because of who you are. And so I'm asking tonight, will you help us? When we hear these things, it seems so impossible because we know our limitations. But that's why you come and you live on the inside of us. So I'm asking that to every single one. Will you wake us up in the morning with a word of encouragement for someone? Will you create opportunities where, Father, we will be able to encourage someone? Help us to walk with people. Help us to be the Aaron and the herd that will hold people's arms up while they are struggling. In Jesus' name, open our eyes, Lord Jesus, and show us ways in which we are able to be those people in this world that we live. We don't want to mix in, Lord, we want to stand out and we want to be the great people that you called us to be. I ask it in Jesus' name. I speak peace into every life, into every home, into every business. Pray your presence would be the changing factor in everything. Commit these wonderful people to you. And I thank you for them. And I declare them blessed in Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and while we're in this place tonight, maybe you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. Maybe you've gone to church all your life. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. But you've never made that decision. You've had, you've, you've had all the conversations. But you know on the inside, I've never made that decision for myself. You can't get to heaven on your parents' faith. You can't get to heaven on anybody else but other than yours. And that's why Jesus is reaching out to you tonight. If there's anybody in this room, you're saying, I've never made that decision. Or maybe I did a long time ago, but things have happened. And I've kind of like got cold. And I'm not serving God like I should. And I want to come back and I want to make a new start again. If there's somebody in this room, you want us to pray with you. We can't take you to heaven because we never died for you. But Jesus did. and That's why we need to connect you with Jesus. And that's why when you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, that's when you become saved. So is there anybody in this room you're saying, you know what, that's me. I've never done that. And I want to do that today. We'll embarrass you. But just to lift your hand up and say, yes, that's me. I want to lead you in a prayer. Anybody in this room, everybody saved? Everybody loved Jesus? So, Father, we thank you that we're saved. But I thank you that's not the end of the road. There are still millions out there that don't know you. So now I'm asking, Lord, will you connect us with them? I pray in Jesus' name. And Will we become bold? To either speak to them or to invite them, but whichever way, God, we want to see people come to know you. Will you open doors for us? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, God bless you. Well, that this is the last Sunday of November. So December. I um, have you got your Christmas list out yet? No. What do you want? (laughs) Uh, Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much. I think I've done everything. Um, Leaders. Is there anything I should have done? Okay. Um, Do you not normally announce like what? This is. No. Next week. No. Okay. You going to have an amazing week. God loves you. You want to say something? Okay, well, okay, Ludwig wants to say something. Does he always want the mic this guy? <laughs> oh, no, it's all.
5: Oh. <clears throat> Hi. So, a couple of weeks ago, um I uh, so I've got a couple of issues. <laughs> the first is uh, the first issue is I keep putting my foot in my mouth, is uh, right, and then the second issue. Uh, so and so, I suppose what I want to say is that God will uses me, besides my issues. He uses me through my issues, um, and then He helps me change my issues. So three things, and so I one Sunday I come up here and I see tennis. Um. And put my foot in my mouth. I'm like, hey, dude, when are you joining us for kids' church with some kids? (laughs) And I shatter him, and he runs away from him. And so I'm like, oh, crap, God, what did I do? Sorry. (laughs) And so (laughs) put my foot in my mouth. So in my spirit, I I take my dad's hand, and I'm like, let's have a chat quick about this. And I'm like, I'm not praying for Tina's unless you... Like, if you're not going to give him, I'm not praying for Tina's. And so I'm like, another one of my issues is I don't want to pray for people (laughs) because I don't want to be disappointed when I pray and nothing happens. Um, And so so in this conversation with God, I say to him, this is all the stuff that I'm feeling. And at the end of the, I'm like, how do you you feel about about this? And he says, "And, and I feel my heart break for you. Um, and he says to me that I don't have to go. I mustn't come and pray for you for a kid. He said that I need to go and bless you with a kid. So he essentially, it felt like he gave me a blessing that I said, I must take this thing and I must carry it to you. I mustn't pray for you for anything. I must just say, God, I bless you with this child. And I really feel that 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 is what happened. I, I don't even feel like I prayed for you. I felt I just carried a blessing from God for you. It was through my issues. I didn't want to pray, and you still used me. So,
0: Here we go. We start in church again.
6: Hi. Just for those who don't know me, um, I'm attached to the Glover family, uh, known as Pops, Belinda, my daughter, and Steve. Um, <laughs> but... I just want to thank Basil for, and just to share something about what you've been sharing and ministering about in the last few Sundays, and it was uh, about encouragement, you know, going out, meeting somebody, and, you know, greeting, but what spoke to me this week was about the encouragement, uh, words, feed, and, um, words feed and, time. and time, yeah, um, being in the hardware industry, I've been working about 51 years, I think, in hardware. I know my age is a bit 73, by the way. But <laughs> I'm the most laziest when it comes to painting and fixing things, because Steve knows. But I've taught him well, because when I got married, it was always, Pops, please fix us. Do that. So every birthday and Father's Day after the children arrived and Christmas was tools and spanners. That's what I gave him, and I took I taught him a bit, so but he's done very well. So he's now <laughs> uh, flying well. But we've been having a thing to do our house up and uh, to try and get encouraged. That's the word. Uh, nothing could encourage me because I knew there was a, there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, you know, my wife says, "Paint this, and you've got to do this, this color, And yeah, so we just got to say yes. It, just put it on the list, and then. She came being very obedient, and I think this is what it's all about, is being, being obedient. And uh, a while back, a few weeks back, somebody sent on the group to my wife uh, the name of a, of a guy that's, if you need uh, someone to do help, handyman, painting, everything, well, you know, painting and et cetera, and that, yeah, I said, yeah, all right, yeah, we'll, I'll do it, We'll I'll start with it as soon as I can, because now I'm trying to... It's going to cost me a lot of money, but we've. She said, "Don't worry, I've been budgeting and I've been saving." And the next minute, she said to me about this guy. Uh, his name is John. <coughs> and uh, so we phoned this guy, and uh, he's a Malawian. He comes from Malawi, but. I've, eventually I said, "Right, call him," and we started with him a few days. He's been with us. Coming in for, I think, three three days already now, and he's got two days. So we've obviously, you know, we came to a deal, we're paying him daily, and uh, John's very happy to accept what I offered him. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't pay him what he really wants, but he's worth, I've just learned something. His name should actually be Jack, because he's a Jack of all trades, this guy. He can do painting, and we broke something on the gate steel, and he said to me, have you got a welder? I I said, can you weld? Yeah. So I said, no, 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 welding's going to take longer. Let's just pop rivet it. Anyway. Now he agreed, but he still said, we should weld it, I think. I said, no, 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 we'll pop rivet it. But just to, for encouragement, I followed my wife's advice. And, uh, (laughs) you know, never give up. Never argue back. You're not going to (laughs) win. But... All, you know, she's, she's the cement in our family, and uh, she's not here today. Yet. We also need to pray for her. She's gone through a few weeks of this dizziness, but, but I know God said, we'll, I'll sort her out. Don't worry. But I just want to thank John here um, for coming into our life. So I've got him for a few days, and, uh, but he's going to be in contact, and I invited him. Well, Lynn actually invited him to, to church, and he said, no, he knows where the church is because he's done a lot of work around in the area. And uh, I came here, and there was nothing, so we sat. And when he started, no, John. And then eventually I saw at the back, thanks to the guys, he came a bit late. You know, his taxi let let him down a bit. But uh, thank you that he made it. And uh, just to welcome him, um, I'll take him through for some for his coffee, his cappuccino, John. And for anybody that needs any help or something like that, or painting or something, men. If, you, if your wives are pushing you for something, you can do anything, plumbing, everything, Gee, so just, just contact me and, uh, if you need any help. But uh, Basil, thank you for what you've done and just for us to be obedient to you and for your encouragement. Thank you very, very much. Amen. Wonderful.
0: Well, God bless you. Please, can I ask us, those people who put up their hands as visitors, when do we do that? Please take note who they are and go and have a conversation with them afterwards, okay? Otherwise, uh, um, me being the new guy on the block, this is easy for me to say, because when you're the new guy, it's kind of like difficult to to fit in. Okay, if you didn't know that, that's what it's like. So let us be the people that will go to them and make them feel really welcome. So those of you who visit us, thank you so much. Please go and have a coffee. Hang around, have fellowship. Love you so much. May this be an amazing week for you. Amen.